Let's go. Welcome to Simply Cyber. not waste any time on Worldwide Wednesday. All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Welcome to episode number 261. Woo! 261 of Simply Cyrus Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, I'll be delivering the top cyber news stories of the day and providing expert analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry, you're going to get value. But before we dig into that and stick around if you're new here because Worldwide Wednesday is a, it's a good time. I want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, those individuals and businesses that I really respect and appreciate for supporting the channel. First up, out the gate, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Eric Taylor, who dropped 100 subs yesterday on stream. Love it, love it, love it. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below if you didn't catch it. Here's what the website looks like if you're on stream with me right now. Dude, scroll down. Eric's calendar is right here. He's very approachable. He's a very knowledgeable man. And if you want a little bit more um, a little bit more Eric in your life, he is actually going to be the guest on Simply Cyber Live, my one-hour live stream uh, on Thursday nights, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. So come get a little dose of Eric. Also want to throw some love. So Recon Infosec, Eric Capuano, Whitney Champion, a.k.a. Shortstack, Andrew Cook, the whole gang over there, they do fantastic work. If your organization is large enough to have real cybersecurity concerns, <clears throat> but maybe not quite large enough to build a full-fledged security operations capability from the ground up, check out the managed detection and response offering from Recon Infosec. Their offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum security operations to organizations of any size. Links in the description below, reconinfosec.com. This is what their website looks like. <clears throat> and guys, there is a huge gap between having like, you know, basically pray and hope information security programs and full-fledged built out information security programs. It's not, you don't turn a key and get it, right? You need someone who knows how to build a program. You need a technical acumen to be able to implement that program. MDR is a great stopgap or a great option that gives you a lot of the functionality, features, and capability of a security operations, I mean, of a InfoSec program, like at a discounted rate, basically. It's pretty awesome. All right, so let's get into it. 
If you um, did not know, I want to remind you, if you hold professional certifications that require CPEs, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Freeze worth half a CPE, two half a week, 10 a month, be sure to document literally the easiest and I would argue the most enjoyable way to earn CPEs. Just say what's up in chat, hashtag team live, or tell me where you at in about 30 seconds because I'm going to do Worldwide Wednesday. If you're on replay, hashtag team replay. Thanks for catching the stream. Um, I wish you could be here live with us, but I hope you do get value from the stream. Be sure to say hashtag team replay in the comments so you get credit for it. Guys, it's Worldwide Wednesday. Let's quit screwing around and do it. Tell me where you're at. I've got an interactive map. We are going to nail it today, guys. We did it last week. We're going to do it again. Let's rock and roll. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? Houston, Texas in the house. I'll give the United States credit for that. Doink. Nice. Boston's in the house. I love, love it, love it. Sinek from Chicago coming in. Got you, Texas. What's up, Texas? Central PA up in here. Canada's in the house. Doink. Nice job, Canada. New Hampshire. Love it, love it, love it. Gulf of Mexico, Houston. Atlanta, Pennsylvania's here. Ontario. I love it. Maryland. Stay warm. Hey, Charleston. Low country love. Toronto's in here. Niagara Falls. Uh, Manitoba, Canada, way up there. Kenya, where's Kenya? Hold on. Kenya's in the house. We got you, Kenya. I see you, UK. I see you, UK. We got the UK in here. Look at this, guys. Kenya, Cambridge, MIT. Where's Asia? Where's Africa? I mean, we got Africa. Where's South America? Where's Australia? Internal stranger, where you're at? South Africa's in the house. Boink. Love it. Come on, we don't have we don't have any representation this come on. We always kill it. We always kill it, y'all. Come on, we got one minute forty seconds. Iraq's in the house. Thank you very much, Driscoll, for chiming in. Brazil's already chimed in. Okay, point. Point. Iraq's in the house. Brazil's in the house. Cape Town, South Africa's representing. Great state in North Carolina. Tar Heel State. Hey, Brazil. I see you, Dennis. Good to have you. Internal stranger. Anyone? India, Pakistan, China, Australia, Indonesia. Arizona's in the house. The Sun State. Love it. Where are we at? We got 103 people here. Long Island's in the house. Coffee's flowing strong. India's in the house. Thank you so much for the squad support, Tammy. Nailed it. Tommy C. Zivin. India's in the house. Guys. I think maybe a Central America and an internal stranger. We got UK for Europe. Oh, come on. Australia, internal stranger. New Zealand, where are you at? We always get uh, Den um, Louis or Leonardo is usually our Middle Eastern. Texarkana's in the house, Matt McDaniel. All right, guys. We've got 35 seconds left to, to squeeze in Australia. Good to see you, Angelos from the UK. Hey, Denmark in the house. I'm sorry, Denmark. I marked you as Germany. The screen's really tight up in here. <laughs> oh, no. In traffic, Emilio's in here. Love it. Miami's in the house. All right. Looks like we just missed it. Looks like we just missed it. All right. So we, got, we did mark Germany. I did it a little uh, preemptively. Nice job. All right, everybody. Good job on Worldwide Wednesday. We just narrowly missed with our Australia contingent not representing and Central America, but do love it. We got the UK, North America, South America, Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. Thank you, James Driscoll. All right, guys. Way to go, everybody. We did we did great work. We almost nailed it. Let me know uh, if you like. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were breached, right? They've been having a tough time down there the last couple of weeks. 
Uh, let me know if you liked the interactive map element or if you would prefer just kind of going um, lightweight like we have been doing these last couple weeks. But definitely enjoy Worldwide Wednesday. It's something that I wake up and immediately it's the first thing I think of is like, oh, yeah, we're going to get some Worldwide Wednesday today. So thank you, all of you. Let me take one slug of the coffee and we're going to get right into the news. All right, hold on. I got to get my coffee. And then, of course, my dogs start scratching through my work door. So let's do that really quickly. All right, guys, sit back, relax. I'll keep doing the map then. I love it. All right. I loved it, too. All right, sit back, relax. Let's get some news. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Twitter addresses claims of recent data leak. On Friday, Twitter confirmed that earlier this year, someone had potentially exploited a vulnerability that Twitter discovered back in January, but took until June to fix. The flaw enabled someone submitting an email address to Twitter systems to find an associated phone number if one existed or vice versa. Twitter learned that the vulnerability was taken advantage of when they discovered stolen information up for sale. Twitter confirmed that no passwords were exposed, but recommends that users enable two-factor authentication to protect accounts from unauthorized logins. I mean, yeah, okay. Like, unauthorized logins wasn't the problem. They they had... And, and this is a vulnerability, but this isn't some, like, leak level technical zero day exploit guys you got to remember when we talk about vulnerabilities right weaknesses in systems and just like recon infosec secops solution there's people process and technology and a lot of times we think of like leet hacks or hacker man on the technology piece and then we always joke about like oh the humans the weakest link social engineering you know carl where's carl Right. Like, but, but guys, there is process that is also part of the picture that can be attacked. And essentially, I would argue this was kind of an attack on process. So Twitter's got this process where you can put in your email address and somehow get the, the phone number back. Um, I've seen multiple systems like this where you try to reset your password and you put in your, um, your email and then it says like oh we'll send a, a code to a phone number which phone number and it, usually part of the phone number is mass but not always some systems are older so there are ways to get it uh and it's just one of those ones where some dev um you know put in functionality hey like users will be able to self-service their password resets that sounds great high five like we're winning everybody's winning we don't have to spend so much time on help desk tickets have gone down wait times have gone down user happiness has gone up everybody like let's get cigars and smoke them right but then you don't think how can this be abused and this one's pretty easy like you should have caught this that that is sensitive information to get out but not it's not always obvious that the information is sensitive and I'll just say, if you're a dev, um, when 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 you're thinking of your use cases and tests, most people think of like the 80% common things like, oh, can I put in, can I fuzz this input field? Like, can I put in junk data and see what happens? Can I reset someone else's password? What, whatever. Um, it's like the 20% fringe cases that that's where the hackers, you know, or whatever, people who... Um, find weaknesses in systems that's where they operate over in that fringe area so anyways the the other story here is that it took six months to fix um this is pre-elon okay so you can't blame it on man or you can't blame it on staff right not having the staff not having the the person power um 
I say person power because I don't want to say manpower anymore because I'm not sure if it's PC or not. But like person power just sounds kind of funky. Is there a better term like that is being used colloquially in, in, in society? Uh, please let me know in chat. Um, so six months is kind of ridiculous, especially something for like this. Now, it's not impossible to be, it's not impossible to believe that fixing a bug could take six months because um, be, team members. Yeah, okay, thank you. Team members. So listen, it's not unrealistic. OPM or Equifax, excuse me, if you Google Equifax like super hack, they got hacked through Apache struts that was externally facing the internet. The, the, the vulnerability had been out for a while and it got exploited and everybody was like, Equifax, you suck. Like, how, how do you not patching this? And come to find out, like, had they patched it, it would have, it would, they would have had to like refactor everything because they had customized the crap out of their Apache struts and it was all hooked in. It was engineered poorly, but they couldn't patch it without breaking everything. This is another example where potentially it took six months because the entire system would have been all jacked up if they had just fixed the problem quickly, right? So you're supposed to treat the root cause issue, not the symptoms. Having said that, this is just being able to get a phone number from an email address. I think that that could have been fixed, but maybe it was just not deemed important enough. I don't know. They didn't get into that in the story. Long story short, you know, whatever. It's it, At this point, Twitter's a dumpster fire. So like this story is not front page news really because everything else is going on. This is like a footnote. Uber hit with another data breach after attack on third-party vendor. Uber has suffered a sensitive data leak as a result of cyber criminals gaining access to the AWS backup server of their third-party vendor, Tactivity. Data leaked on a dark web forum appears to include source code associated with mobile device management <coughs> platforms used by Uber, Uber Eats, and third-party vendor services. Operating under the pseudonym Uber Leaks, the threat actors created four separate posts on the forum, each attributed to a different member of the infamous Lapsus hacking group. All right. Hey, what's up, Randock Gaming? What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you for the super chat, Randock Gaming. I hope you're having a good day. I'll take a slug of coffee for that. All right, guys. Uber Leaks. Um, at this point, um, I mean, does it really count as murder if the body's already dead? You know what I mean? Not to not to get dark and, and uh, morbid over here, but like Uber's been nailed like so many times recently that like is this new data breach actually new data or can you just go to a previous breach and get the same data? I don't know. I don't have the details of what's in the data breach. Um, two things that are interesting. One, it came from an attack on a third party. Guys, third party risk management is a thing. I know Neil Bridges will have you think that it's 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 fantasy and, and it's not real. But third-party risk management is a real thing. You have to be mindful of this. Uber cannot, cannot force this third-party techtivity um, into doing certain things, but they can certainly require them. And I would argue that they probably have some type of um, contractual obligation. I would say that the people over at techtivity are probably wearing their brown pants to work today because Uber is definitely going to, um, I wouldn't say sue them because I don't know, but... Uber is definitely not going to be happy with a third party that is doing business with them getting breached and breaching their data, especially after all the noise that Uber's been involved with uh, recently. So, um, you know, this is why strong contracts are important. I know that they seem like, oh, hey, we'll just spit in our hands and handshake it uh, and, and be in good faith. But guess what? Crap happens. And when you're dealing with real business, 
uh, a contract's where it's at. So I'd be curious to see if anything comes out of Uber suing Tectivity. The the second thing I would mention is that they they bring up that it's Lapsus Group uh, that's doing the leaking. Lapsus was um, they're kind of the bra- like if you recall, Lapsus is a really brazen uh, threat actor group. They're mostly composed of what would appear to be uh, teenagers or early 20s somethings. Like, I don't know what generation that is, like G- Generation Z or Alpha or, or I, the I generation. I don't know. Whatever it is. What, Web 3.0 gen? I don't know. But they're, they're very young. They This is the group that had the kid in the UK get arrested twice. Uh, but it seems based on uh, some of the language. Dennis might be able to chime in on this, that they're out of Brazil. Uh, a, a bulk of them, but they had got the reason I bring it up is because they had gone quiet and now they're posting stuff about Uber leaks. So I don't know if they're back or not, but when they were active, they were a menace. They were a menace. Um, so w- watch out for them. They're the ones who hacked like Samsung and Nvidia and they were just, they were kind of arrogant about it and, and jerkish, uh, which is why many of us suspected. And then it was confirmed that they were, um, you know, teenagers or young, young adults. All right. Anyways, as we were. China arrest gang who laundered $1.7 billion via crypto. Crypto. Chinese authorities have arrested 63 people accused of laundering as much as 12 billion Chinese yuan or $1.7 billion via cryptocurrency. Starting in May 2021, the criminal gang allegedly used the proceeds from illicit sources, including pyramid schemes, fraud, and gambling, and converted it into cryptocurrency Tether, a stablecoin that is pegged one-to-one with the U.S. dollar. The gang allegedly used the messaging service Telegram, which is banned in China, to recruit Chinese citizens to open crypto accounts to help launder the funds. Authorities say that so far they've confiscated more than 130 million Chinese yuan from the gang. All right, a couple things here. One obviously let's do this it's been a minute since we did this where is it where is it where is it i'm a crypto evangelist i love it love it love it there he is my man finfrock and then of course law enforcement y'all yep so like our two worlds collide like a wrecking ball um Police are arresting a, a gang that's, you know, laundering money through crypto. Guys, crypto, like, what, like as altruistic as crypto was in the Bitcoin paper by um, uh, the, uh, the, who's the author? Shitoshi or whatever. Like, as, as, as righteous and as, as free world as Bitcoin was. You know what? It didn't really have a good use case. Money laundering is actually a very good use case for crypto. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love Wiggum. Good to see you, Wiggum. Satoshi. Yeah, thank you, Tony. So police arrest this gang that laundry money. Now, good, good, good. Um, again, a little cynical here. A little cynical here. I wonder if China was going after this gang because they were doing money laundering and criminal activity or if it was because they were using a banned messaging app, uh, Telegram in this instance, in order to convince people to jump in. You'd like to think that China was protecting its citizens by getting after this gang, uh, but um, you know who, who really knows? I, I will tell you, I would not want to be a criminal and get arrested in China. Uh, that's definitely not not where I, I mean. I don't want to go to jail in any country, frankly. But um, I don't. I don't know if China would be a great country to spend time in jail. Um, these guys are going down. It's good. China doesn't like it when you mess around uh, with with uh, money or messaging apps. So 
This is kind of an interesting story, but not not anything too important for us. Plus, dude, this gang must feel terrible. It's like crypto winter right now. Crypto's coll collapsing everywhere. Celebrities are being brought up in class action lawsuits. FTX imploded. SBF is going to jail or will will be. Um, it's just it's a it's a hot mess on fire right now. If you're in the crypto space, and and by the way, good. I mean, for those people who lost all their money, I'm sorry for you. Like, it's very regrettable. But for all the scam artists and scumbags and frauds and criminals and, and all the bad people, like, good. <laughs> I do wonder, makes me wonder if, um, if crypto really goes down and becomes less of a viable uh, thing, if ransomware will go down. Because you can't, part of the appeal of ransomware is that you can get the money quickly and in crypto. So let's talk to Eric Taylor tomorrow about that on stream. California's finance department hit by cyber attack. On Monday, California's Cybersecurity Integration Center, or CalCSIC, confirmed that the finance department has fallen victim to a cyber attack. The center did not reveal specifics about the attack, but Russia-affiliated ransomware group Lockbit has claimed responsibility. Lockbit claims to have stolen 76 gigabytes of data, including IT and financial documents, confidential data, and, quote, sexual proceedings in court, end quote. They added that the Department of Finance has until December 24th to pay up before they publish the cache of stolen files. All right. Not a merry, merry Christmas at all. Now, I will tell you, if you were, if you are on the Simply Cyber Discord server, you would have known about this. Two days ago, because Eric Taylor dropped uh, dropped the ransom note uh, from this Lockbit gang on the server, uh, you know, because because th th this gang pop like has a public facing presence, um, and you know they they notified the world that they actually had hit these guys. Obviously, the the goal here is to force the hand of the victim in this case, California Finance Department, um, to to pay up before it's too late, right? That sense of urgency. Um, couple interesting things, guys. This is government, state government. State government's a tough nut, man. They don't really get a lot of funding. They're typically, um, I mean, they get funding, but part of the problem with state, and anyone who works in state government knows what's up, um, state, local government, they can't pay they can't pay competitively in the market, okay? So you can go there. I worked for a state hospital for six years, and I assure you, I, I, I got a significant pay raise when I left. Um, so they can't hire the top talent unless the top talent wants to work and is more motivated by the mission than by finance, uh, which is not always the case, especially in a capitalistic society like we live in. So they end up getting talent, but you know it's, it's under, understaffed, underpowered um so they can't implement the strongest controls and then lockbit who is a menace to society right now lockbit leads the charge as far as like tier one uh ransomware threat actor groups right now when they get a hold of you man they're like a dog with a with a ham bone right they, they'll tear into it um uh okay i'm not sure Oh, that's too bad. Uh, I'll tell, I'll share that with chat in a second. Um, so, anyways, long story short, this is um, this is a warning, I guess. If you work in state or local government and you don't have a plan around ransomware uh, resiliency, you should definitely share this story with your <clears throat> executives 
Also, you may want to consider you may want to consider data reduction, guys. It's super like no one really does this, and but it's super easy to say, hey, what data do we have? Like our, you know, data that is like say six years old and older. What data do we have that we don't really access very often that we could just archive and put off somewhere in cold storage so it's not part of our actual data footprint? And then if we get hit, it's it's less of an impact, right? That's <clears throat> Again, there's no easy button in information security, so that would require work effort in a project. And unfortunately, you know, it's it's all too often people are don't want to take time to um look at this. This this I made I, I made a deck. I'm giving a talk tomorrow to um Isaacus Silicon Valley and uh I had this graphic in here. Like this this is so true right here and it explains everything. Right? Like people are so busy doing work that they don't take the time to do what they should. Like in this case, they got square wheels. And if they just stopped and did what they had to and put the round wheels on, things would be better. It's a similar comparison to stop, reduce the data that could be stolen that you don't actually need. Just do the work. And then if you do get hit in the mouth, it's less impactful. You you don't see organizations do this very often, honestly. Uh, but that's that's how it is. I do want to say shout out and thanks to uh, Barricade Cyber, who's trying to uh, who's trying to do 50 subs right now, and his bank is giving him a hard time. So Barricade, we we love you. We know that you're what you're trying to do. Love it. And now a word from our sponsor, Fortra. The cybersecurity landscape is full of single solution providers, making it easy for unexpected cyber threats to sneak through the cracks. That's why Fortra is creating a stronger, simpler strategy for protection. One that increases your security maturity while decreasing operational burden that comes with it. Fortra's integrated, scalable solutions help customers face their toughest challenges with confidence. Learn more at Fortra.com. That's F-O-R-T-R-A dot com. All right. So <clears throat> real quick uh, show note. Uh, I will play Simple Minds right now because that is a staple of the show. But this is for Team Replay. Um, it, it, I, I've started trying to do, uh, repurposing some of the content for shorts, YouTube shorts. And I've discovered that the simple mind song makes it so I cannot like pull from the, like the, it's copyright licensed and I can't pull from it. So <clears throat> we can do two things. One, I can stop playing simple minds altogether and that'll be fine. Or two, I could play simple minds, but everything that happens during the simple minds will get cut out of the show. So Team Replay will not be able to ever hear the song or whatever happens during that part of the show. So let me know in chat if you have a preference, but I do need to be able to uh, cut this content up, or at least I'm exploring it right now. But for today, let's get some Simple Mind action. All right, guys, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about in a very short amount of time before we get back to the news. I want to thank Barricade Cyber Solutions for all the support, both on the, the monthly sponsorships, but also uh, the, the sub love. He, uh, Eric of Barricade Cyber, um, sponsored 100 people yesterday to become squad members. So love that, love that, love that. And he's trying to do 50 more today, and it's not it's not working. So uh, I genuinely appreciate that. Recon InfoSec, uh, love, love what they're doing. Thank you so much uh, for the support, guys. If you didn't know about it, I do release a newsletter every uh, Monday morning, 
uh, with three simple tasks that you can take and immediately add value to your organization. If you get the newsletter, share your thoughts in chat, let people know about it. If you don't get it, it's easy enough to sign up and then unsubscribe if you don't find value in it. But, you know, I think it's cool. Oh, that's true. So BSEC's offering up some, some good ideas. So maybe we'll, we'll get that. All right. Um, I want to remind everybody that Thursday we're doing um, talking with Eric Taylor from Barricade Cyber about what's it like to talk to um, threat actors, right? He talks to them. Hey, like ransomware negotiations, dealing with their crap. He's all up in their business. So if you want to know the real deal of real incident response, come join us tomorrow. I also want to share that because of the 100 subs yesterday, we can unlock a new emote. And uh, this is some of them. Uh, we've got the uh, no coffee, no coffee for Carrie. We've got um, Brondo, Wu-Tang, cash rules everything around me, Worldwide Wednesdays. James Harden, this is as close as I could get to being cynical. If you like any of these, let me know. If you have a suggestion for a new emote, let me know in chat. I'd love to add a new emote. Um, I make the emotes, Dennis. Um, so let me know in chat. Also, stay tuned to the end of the show because at 8.45, religious leader to cyber, continuing the train of pivoting into cyber. Anyone can do it. Religious leader to cyber is going to drop in 15 minutes so stay with us on that one now watch this buttery smooth transition i do i, I wish we could get to the la la la's but i don't think we're going to get to it all right let's keep going meta to share software and attempt to help fight crime meta said that it's planning to share its hasher matcher actioner tool with other companies in an effort to combat terrorism and human trafficking across the internet the tool finds duplicated images that violates its terms of service by matching image hashes or digital fingerprints. Meta's announcement comes as the company enters its year-long chairmanship of the Global Internet Forum to counter terrorism. While releasing open-source software is critical in limiting places where violating content can appear, it remains unclear how this will affect content on the dark web. All right. Um... All right, so... All right, so Meta's releasing a piece of software, but it looks like all it does, and I'm probably uh, um, simplifying this like a like a like a fool, but it basically just takes a hash of an image. A hash is a unique a, a unique number uh, for for an artifact, like a file or a graphic or anything. Like a hash is a unique digital fingerprint is a good way to put it, I guess, and it can look across its entire ecosystem for that same hash, right? So if Pictures are being pictures or videos are being used in multiple places. It can tell. I don't see honestly. You know, it, it does. It's it's failing for me to see the connection to terrorism and human trafficking. Um, I mean, I I I don't know how human trafficking works, uh, frankly. So I don't know if like there's like pictures and it's like a catalog and like really scummy people like shop for people or, or whatever. So I I don't I don't know uh, how that works. But anyways, it's a tool that finds matching pictures. Like, um, that's it. So whatever. Cool. Um, Jay Smith asks in chat, is there a way to add random pixels to modify it entirely? Absolutely. Real, real quick, guys. Um, the Bian David Bianco Pyramid of Pain 
um, this is a fame. This is a famous um, tool in our in our industry. So if you don't know about it, welcome to the party. Um, I know it's all pixelated, but basically this is how hard it is for threat actors to deal with. So if you if you screw around with their with their uh, tooling, uh, it's very challenging for them to to repair that. And like TTPs are tough to change. That's why we can do attribution. Like say, oh, that is Lazarus Group or that was Lapsus. But guys, the bottom of the period pyramid hash values. Wicked easy to change. Wicked, wicked easy to change, which is what Jay Smith's talking about. It's very easy to change. So that would completely undermine this, this um, technology, right? This, this tool. Google releases DevTool to find vulns in project dependencies. Google has launched a new tool that allows developers to scan for vulnerabilities in open source software dependencies used in their projects. The OSV scanner draws data from osv.dev, the distributed vulnerability database for open source code that Google released in February 2021. The scanner automatically matches code in all dependencies for a given software project and notifies developers when a security update is required. Google says the next step for OSV scanner is to improve C and C++ vulnerability support. OSV Scanner is free for everyone to use without restrictions and can be downloaded via GitHub or the osv.dev website. This is cool. Um, th this is actually really, really cool. So Google um, actually tangibly delivering something. If you guys remember, like Google, Microsoft, Amazon in, in like a massive public-private partnership with the U.S. government, maybe, I don't know, like six months ago, set or four months ago, they said like, oh, we're going to help uh, improve open source security, supply chain security. Um, and if you, if you remember last year, like literally this time last year, I think it was December 14th, actually. Yeah, today. It was a year ago today. Um, Log4j happened and the internet was all a, a buzz and security people were like losing their mind. People were working over the weekend. Um, for Log4j, because it was a vulnerability in an open source uh, software that had been baked into everything all over the place, uh, Apache Tomcat, and people were like, holy crap. So if you're building something and you're bringing in, importing other complementary uh, packages and, and code, which is like so true all the time, right? People like, guys... If if you really looked at software, like yes, there's really elegant, slick software developers out there, but a lot of developers, myself included, I'll definitely throw myself. It's just kind of a, a hodgepodge, duct tape together pieces of things. Like there's dead code in there. There's code that <laughs> that doesn't do anything. Uh, commented out stuff. All all sorts of debugging stuff, right? Like that is all up in there. So if 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 you're importing something, it just works and you move on. You're not really thinking or focusing on, are there vulnerabilities in that imported library? Is it malware that I'm importing? Which we saw just recently with that uh, TikTok nude filter remover thing, right? So Google builds this tool, which is awesome. So it'll look at your dependencies and tell you if your dependency software has vulnerabilities in it. There's real value in here. I will say this is probably the story for peers uh, this this coming week's news story. Let me actually write that down. Peers, OSV scanner. Because, dude, if you're developing anything, this this is probably not too tough to set up. And it gives you a sense of, uh, I guess, risk exposure that your 
tool is introducing, especially if you're developing it uh, for in-house applications where like you're the only person who's going to be understanding what's going on, it, it would be behoove you not to introduce additional risk to your organization because you're trying to um, you're trying to bring value to your organization. Is that what Sneak offers? I don't know what Sneak offers. Let's let's see what Sneak does really quickly. Developer secure, develop fast. Um, find and automatically fix vulns in your code, open source dependencies. Yeah, so Sneak does do this. I'm sure Sneak's loving this today. That's a sarcasm because this, Google doesn't charge for this, right? So that that's gonna definitely cut in. And I'm I'm certain Sneak does charge for this, right? Yeah, the pricing, so. Ooh, yeah, they charge a hundred bucks a month for, um, okay. So anyways, yep. And now it's time for, you should probably patch that Patch Tuesday edition. Yesterday, Microsoft issued its December 2022 Patch Tuesday updates, which feature fixes for 49 bugs, including two zero-day vulnerabilities. The first of the zero days is a Windows smart screen security feature bypass vuln that is under active exploitation. The second is a DirectX graphics kernel elevation of privilege bug, which has a publicly available exploit. Overall, six of the 49 vulnerabilities fixed in the update are classified as critical as they allow for remote code execution. Meanwhile, Citrix has issued a security update for a critical zero-day vulnerability in Citrix ADC and Gateway that state-sponsored hackers are actively exploiting to gain access to corporate networks. And finally, Apple has confirmed its November 30th iOS update 16.1.2 addressed a zero-day vulnerability in WebKit, the browser engine that powers Safari and other apps. Apple indicates that the bug is now being actively exploited. Holy crap. All right. Um, all right. So a lot going on here. Um, patch your, you know, patch, patch, your, patch, your, patch your wives, patch your kids, patch, patch your stuff, guys, right? Like um, endpoints uh, in a kind of centralized managed environment are typically easy to manage. They're typically the more secure stuff. There are, the, the reason that um, it's important to call this story out is because they said that there's two, um, two critical vulnerabilities that are being actively exploited, which is bad, which means there's bad guys out there actively uh, compromising things. And one of them has a publicly available exploit, which means that any Carl, any Carl uh, who doesn't really understand what they're doing can go out and download this thing and fire it at someone. Um, so, you know, obviously it becomes riskier. Um, a vulnerability is fine. A vulnerability is a vulnerability. But if it can be exploited, because if there's actual exploitation out there, it gets worse. And then how many people can exploit it? That's that's the temporal val or that's the scalar variable of of how bad is this like I need to address it, right? So if it's just like proof of concept or it's like advanced sophisticated threat actors only, you know, I mean, obviously you want to address it, but not it's not urgent, right? Um, like meaning you have to stop and do it right now, but as it gets more and more, more accessible, and then anyone can download it off like GitHub and fire it, um, it becomes a big issue. So you should be doing patch management is as part of your, um, your standard process, your vulnerability management program should include patching, but you know, Hey, uh, you want to know a fun fact, buy a dozen donuts for the IT team and bring them in, um, tomorrow and be like, Hey guys, ladies, like. 
I brought you some donuts. Like, hey, um, maybe you guys could patch uh, all your endpoints, right? So uh, the final thing I'll say about this is make sure that the centrally managed endpoints are usually fine. And you feel great about yourself because you you did like 90% of the um, of your environment, right? But again, it's not about those 90% of endpoints. Those things are going to get patched normally anyways. And chances are, it's just like Carl's Windows 11 box. Like it's nothing's going to break really. It's like the research and development team, uh, you know, the like maybe finance has some special weird app or there's like a dev team, your vendors, right? Make sure your vendors uh, are complying with their patch management. If you got salespeople who are out in the field and they're not, they're not like connecting back to the mothership. Make sure that they're getting patched, right? So again, guys, vulnerability management is tireless and it is hard work. And and honestly, IT has to do that work. It's it's very uncommon for InfoSec to be responsible for patching. We're just responsible for telling IT that they're doing it wrong. But buy a dozen donuts, get them in there. And focus on, like, make sure that the fringe ones get patched as well. Also, uh, patch your iPhone. They said that there's a Safari zero day that's being exploited. NSO Pegasus, uh, NSO Group's Pegasus software, the one that was like wicked nasty spyware surveillance, it was exploiting Safari three zero days. Thank you, Nicole Powroth and the book, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends. I just read about that particular attack yesterday in my book. All right, let's keep rolling. Jack Dorsey responds to Twitter files and calls for open internet and protocols. Twitter's former CEO and co-founder has responded to Twitter files which have opened a flood of scrutiny on Twitter's past content moderation practices. Dorsey asserts that social media platforms must be resilient to corporate and government influence and that only original authors should be able to remove their content. He added that moderation should be localized and allow users to shape their own algorithms. Dorsey takes responsibility for not having implemented these principles during his tenure. The former CEO also addressed the suspension of Trump's account, which he describes as, quote, the right thing to do for the public company business at the time, but the wrong thing for the Internet and society, end quote. Dorsey is advocating for open Internet and protocol work through a series of Start Small grants kicking off next week with a $1 million per year grant to Signal. And that's... Okay, Jack Dorsey, like, with, you know, love you mean it, but like, what, what, what do we, what, what's the value here? Like, oh, you're saying like, oh gosh, like, like I wish when I was CEO, I could have done some stuff. I mean, he says in this email, he basically is, is calling out for open internet. He's calling out that, um, he believes that basically the social media companies shouldn't be the, um, deciders on what content gets censored and what content does not get censored i agree i agree with him to some degree but at the same time like 4chan is a is a is a platform where you know no one moderates it and there's a lot of there's a lot of horrible stuff over there so um you got to be careful with these things also i want to point out that you know, I, I don't know if he was there when all these uh, tools came out. I, I don't know if you guys heard about these tools that came out uh, where, you know, like shadow banning accounts, uh, not amplifying accounts, all these type of things. Um, it, there was a tool that like an, an elite group of like executives at Twitter had access to. So, yeah, Jack Dorsey was there. So, like he's, say, he's saying this. 
But at the same time, like, he was in charge when they were creating these tools that would, like, mass censorship with a small group of people who were making the decision. Definitely not algorithmic-based, right? Um, so he, he does say that he feels like it, it all changed when uh, uh, people, like, basically when the stock, um, and when an activist entered our stock in 2020. Guys, I just want to put it out there, right? You can create an awesome platform. You can build a tool. I don't know if it's Twitter or if it's, like, whatever like joel Bell, like I, well that's not gonna work but like i don't care what it is you build if you build something it's great right like simply cyber i built i built simply cyber and it's it's helped a lot of people and i love our community right but if i were to take investor dollars right like 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 if i sold more than 50 percent of the company like the company like i'm not in charge anymore right and i don't get to decide how things happen i have a say but i don't get to decide and that's you know that was the trade-off of twitter you know, you're not in charge anymore, Jack. Um, now, I do want to point out that he's doing small grants. A million dollars is pretty, pretty, I mean, a million dollars of Signal's cool. Signal's a great platform. He talks about open internet with Mastodon, and he believes that some technology will take over as like the standard one, which would make sense. So we'll see. I, again, this isn't really a cyber story. This is just kind of current interest events. Guys, real quick, tomorrow is Thursday. If you're here just for the news, that's the end of it. Thank you so much for being here. Genuinely appreciate it. If you hit the old thumbs up button um, while you're uh, before you leave, real quick, I'll go back and look at chat on what people think about the emotes. But right now, if you hop over to Simply Cyber Produce video, you can watch with me, Religious Leader to Cyber. I'm going to share it in chat right now. Religious leader to cyber. Come jump over there real quick. Guys, great job on Worldwide Wednesday. We didn't quite make it today, but that's okay. There's always next Wednesday. I'm Jerry. This is Simply Cyber. Thank all of you for being here today. Hashtag Team Replay. Great, great that you guys could check it out. Have a wonderful Wednesday, y'all. We'll see you tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Be good. I'll see you over on Religious Leader to Cyber. Take care, everybody. Hey, internal stranger. We missed you this morning.